Hello, hello, hello. Your boy Rev Young Yates, all of on Yates. I'm here and I'm joined by This is Camry Butler, LPCA. You can find me on Facebook at Camry Butler or on Instagram at Miss Cam Nicole. Once again, come see real quick. Got another hot topic for you, one that we can all relate to in some form or fashion, and that is relationships. I tell people often whether it is a fellowship, a partnership, some type of corporate function, or on a deeper level, maybe love or marriage. Relationships is something that happens in our everyday life. Uh, I think everybody from the child at four all the way up to the senior at 94 deals with relationship in some capacity. What say you, Miss Cam? Listen, I'm so excited about this topic. <laughs> um, I work with relationships a lot on my, you know, in my private practice. Um, and so I think this is a very important topic, both professionally from my professional side and per, um, from my personal side, because um, it's something that we need to talk about. Relationships are extremely important to our mental well-being, and it can either support our mental health or it can really destroy it um, or work against us. And although relationships are so important, um, I think this is an area that many of us struggle in for various reasons that, that we'll kind of later get into. Um, and so I think that this is a very um, needed topic for us to discuss today. Um, a few, well, several weeks probably now, I think it's like back in August, I made a IG posts um, regarding relationships and mental health. And the quote said, as a general rule, nothing has a bigger impact on our well-being than our closest relationships. Nothing can really compensate for impoverished connections with others. And we can tolerate just about anything if our relationships are strong and supportive. Um, and so that's a lot for us to even unpack even there. So I am excited to discuss this today. All right, all right. I'm gonna get you to read it one more time for our Absolutely. listeners. But real quickly, <laughs> real quickly, before you read it one more time, drop your professional IG for our listeners because, as you've already stated, this is your specialty. So if you don't know, Miss Cam is a relationship counselor. So this is her field of study. So make sure it would behoove you to pay close attention tonight. So drop your professional <laughs> IG before you reread that statement for us. Yes, so my professional IG is at Camry Butler, just my first and last name, at Camry Butler. Okay, okay. Yes, so the quote again, it says, as a general rule, um, and I will, uh, forgive me, I don't have my site right now, but we'll drop it in the notes. It says, as a general rule, nothing has a bigger impact on our well-being than our closest relationships. Nothing can really compensate for impoverished connections with others and we can tolerate just about anything if our relationships are strong and supportive. And so I think it goes back to even some of our previous, um, our previous episodes on addiction, on grief. We can tolerate just about anything if we have community. When it comes to mental health, right, if we're isolated, it makes the struggle that much greater. If we're battling addiction, if we're battling grief, and even if, even if we want to take it spiritual, right, the enemy wants to isolate us because one can chase a thousand, but two can put 10,000 to flight. And so if we're isolated, 
we're weaker, right? But if if right, we right. if we're if there's power in number, if we have a community, if we have strong relationships, we're more able to battle addiction, battle grief, whatever we're going through. Um, and so it's really important for us to have whether it's intimate relationships, whether it's our family relationships, whether it's corporate relationships, um, friendships, like whatever it is, relationships are really important when it comes to us really maneuvering through life, maneuvering mental health, whatever it is, there is power in numbers. I totally agree. You know, I think uh, what you just stated is age old, age old wisdom. Uh, Sun Tzu even speaks of it in the art of war uh, about divide and conquer. And that's exactly what the enemy does mm-hmm. with us. Uh, and and I, I just preached on it uh, not too long ago. Uh, one of our biggest obstacles is the battle of our mind mm-hmm. because our inward man is doing the division. And so that community that you just speak, that you just spoke of is needed, but it's a challenge when my own person is being the biggest hindrance to that community that I so desperately need. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think you're spot on with that. Yeah. And when you say it, my own person, right, and kind of going into why we struggle with relationships so much, right, I think relationships is a skill. <laughs> um, I say love that again. Dr. Say that again. <laughs> Relational, relationships, it's skill work. Um, and I love Dr. Darius Daniels so much because yes, he yes. brings practicality to relationships, right? Um, because relationships is, is a system. It's two, two or more people, right? If it's a relationship, it's normally two people. And if it's family and friends, like it's, it's a group. And so it's, we're operating within a system. And when you're operating within a system, I'm bringing, we, you know, in culture, we call it baggage, but I'm bringing my trauma. I'm bringing my values. I'm bringing my belief. I'm bringing, I'm bringing all of this stuff, my, my thought process. You're bringing your trauma, your core belief, your core beliefs, your thought process, and it's going to collide. Mm-hmm. How do we bring all of this stuff? I'll just call it stuff. How do we bring all of this stuff together and skillfully work together? And I think that that's something that we haven't been taught how to do um, correctly, or I won't say skillfully, right? We were just kind of out here figuring it out and we're not doing relationships well, be it intimate relationships, be it friendships. We, we're, in a, we're in a council cutoff culture. As soon as someone says something that <laughs> you don't like, it's like you cut off your, and it's like, but am I allowed to be, me, right? Am I allowed to just have a differing opinion because we come from different backgrounds? I have different trauma. My perspective is different. And so we're not doing relationships well. Um, And it's simply because trauma impacts the way that you show up in relationships. And I'm I'm trying not because once I start talking, I can't stop. (laughs) Trauma really impacts the way we show up in relationships, right? Because if I've been cheated on, I'm bringing that to this new relationship. And now everything you do is suspect. Um, Why are you answering the phone that way? You're 10 minutes late, right? And if I have not worked through that, I'm showing up as this unhealed version of me, right? If I was hurt at the last church, 
Now I'm showing up at this new church. Everyone is suspect, right? Uh, And so trauma impacts the way that we show up. And then it wasn't modeled for us. Again, we haven't learned how to do relationships well with our communication skills, with setting healthy boundaries instead of walls, right? Right. Um, So I'm going to stop right there. (laughs) You're talking good. You're talking good. And and so I you know, I, I like what you just said. So uh, you just spoke to the boundaries and that, you know, just off the top, it's not even part of my uh, response, but just off the top, I thought about my uh, my, my, my chaplain teacher. He used to say often, uh, Bill Hawkins, good fences make good neighbors. And, mm-hmm. and I felt it. I mean, I felt it, like, really. Yeah, but I was listening to Drink Champs uh, just last night, uh, listening to Wiley. Matter of fact, uh, one of my favorite rappers, uh, Folar, mm-hmm. is in the store. <laughs> Uh, go get that. It's a dope album. But, <laughs> and what he was talking about, he was talking about preserving uh, hip hop. And he was saying that it was such a young genre in the music scheme that it's really not preserved the way it needs to because people are really still trying to learn how to do it. And so when mm-hmm. I heard you say that relationships is a skill, it blew me away because I say often to people when they complain about their doctors or whatnot, you know, if you listen uh, to how it's worded uh, in, in healthcare, it's called a medical practice because mm-hmm. it's, it's widely known that they don't have the concrete answers, but mm-hmm. they're working toward trying to get it. Right. And so it's a medical practice. And now with relationships and boundaries and things of that nature, relatively it's new uh and discovery into how to actually work through the skill set part of it that you just mentioned because in, in in days of yesteryear it was just assumed that you get married and you stay married <laughs> nobody complained <laughs> nobody really had the skill set of how to do it mm-hmm. they just got together and stayed together because erroneously we didn't have a better knowledge and that's just what they saw in the bible that's just what they heard uh from old fables and I'm not necessarily knocking the generations before me. I'm just saying that as we've got this newfound knowledge, you know, relationships and and family systems and and boundaries and all of these works that we're talking about today, these are relatively new uh, in the bigger genre of communication and dealing with people. And so when you say it's a skill and people are doing it wrong, and I I would say I, I, I totally agree it's because we're still trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And just like that medical practice, eventually we may have some better examples. You know, we think about Charles Drew when he did the first open heart surgery. That was really not too long ago, 70 years ago, because that was just in the, 19, in the 20th century. Mm-hmm. But that was like years ago when you think about the advances in medical, uh, uh, medical work. Mm-hmm. And so now with this relationship thing that we're talking about today, in the next five years, It'll be light years from now because we have we would have progressed so far. But right now, as you speak, there is a whole lot of ignorance because we didn't have any models before us. And so everybody really has this sense of entitlement that they know what they're doing. But really, it's just a chip on their shoulder and arrogance because we really are ignorant to the fact because it's so new that nobody really has the answers. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Where do I start? (laughs) Um, I I totally agree. And when it comes to, like you said, we get married and stay married. And I agree, right? We're supposed to until death do us part, right? But when I have 
individuals coming to me for therapy, right? And they're like, you know, I often will ask the question, well, you know, did you go to couples counseling? Like, yeah, we went to see our pastor. There's nothing wrong with that. But my perspective is I believe you should go to see your pastor and see a licensed therapist. Right. Because what I see missing is when they, when individuals go to their spiritual counselor, whatever, it's, it's all about the spiritual side, you know, we'll do your beliefs align and, you know, maybe, you know, it's, it's all geared towards the spiritual side. And so then when two individuals who, again, have all of this stuff, and a lot of times it's opposing stuff, I grew up in a strict household, you grew up in this kind of household, we have different beliefs on gender roles. Right. None right. of this stuff gets talked about. There's trauma that was never told to your spouse. There's so much stuff that's not talked about with the spiritual advisor, right? Right, right. And so now you're married and you're li- trying to live under the same roof and you don't have the skills. <laughs> and it's hard. It is so hard. You, The communication, and I think we have an episode on communication, so I'm not going to try not to go into it too deep, but, you know, how to speak to someone, not just a partner, but, you know, how to approach and speak to someone as soon as someone walk in the house. Well, you didn't take out the trash and, you know, using your I statements, I feel disrespected so that someone can really receive what you're saying instead of feeling attacked. Mm-hmm. And we don't have the skills. This is skill work. Um, setting boundaries, right? Boundaries are so new because we were taught in both the community of culture and the community of faith to self-abandon, right? To put yeah. others first. And so self-abandonment, self-abandonment is my norm. I don't know what it's like to set a boundary because I feel like that's selfish, right? We equate boundaries with selfishness. And we have this, again, trauma, people-pleasing mindset of I have to do whatever whatever other people are telling me to do. And one of my favorite therapists, Nedra Glover, she was saying a lot of people think that they have issues with time management and you know, conflicts with other people. And it's really a boundary issue. You, you don't have an issue with time management. You have a boundary issue. Mm-hmm. You, have a, you, have a, you have a self-pleasing issue with other people. If you assess the boundary, you wouldn't have a time management issue, right? But all of these concepts with relationships are so new that we really struggle. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what? I mean, you, you are... I could be wrong as the sky's blue, (laughs) but I believe, I believe that human, the human being, because innately we have the tendency to want to have some sense of control, Mm -hmm. that change brings about this fear of the unknown. And so could it be that we struggle with these new concepts and the skill work of relationships because we have not seen it before? Absolutely. I think it's because we haven't seen it before. And so we we don't know what it looks like. Um, and I think that it's... <laughs> I think we're afraid of... We're, we're afraid because we don't know what it looks like. And we're afraid to go to where the help is, right? Again, it goes back to the stigma of therapy. And 
even when it comes to setting boundaries and communicating rights, the elderly will say, well, you have to do it this way. You, you can't set boundaries because it's selfish, right? And so our generation is doing things differently, but we're being, we're being judged, right? Mm-hmm. By our elders, because that's not right, right? You can't set boundaries. You can't say no. Children have to be seen and not heard, right? Because right. that's just the way that it was done. And so when you try to do something a different way, there is going to be judgment. When you try to go against the grain, you're going to receive that resistance. Um, and so I think that that's two things. It's just that we, we, haven't, we haven't seen it. And so there is that fear of change. What does this look like? How do I go about doing this? How do I implement this? And it's hard, right? It's easy just to get married and say, well, we're just going to stay married, whether I'm happy or not, whether we're communicating well or not, we're just, we're just supposed to stay married. But to actually do something skillfully, to learn something skillfully, it takes work. It takes investment, right? That's yeah. work. <laughs> That's work. Um, and then having to go against go against the grain. You're going to get resistance when you start doing something different, when you start speaking up and saying, no, maybe, no, Grandma, I don't really, you know, I respect the way that you did it, but I don't want my marriage to go that way. I don't want to raise my children that way. I may not want to spank my children, even though I was at Right. When you start doing things different, setting boundaries, you're going to get some resistance. Mm-hmm. I can do that. I, I can I can definitely do that. Uh, yeah. You know, if it, you know. I believe the necessary. uh the necessary need for the boundary even predicates the resistance that's coming your way. Mm-hmm. And and so I believe firmly that God gives us what we can handle, you know, and most of the time he, he wants to know if we're going to be obedient before he fully gives us the charge that he's going to give to us, you know, and if I struggle with setting the boundary, then I may even I may even struggle with going forth. Mm-hmm. And so if I struggle with setting the boundary, he might not send me forth because when he sends me forth, then that's when the resistance is going to come my way. Mm-hmm. And if I don't have that boundary, you know, as the parable is told, you know, just like the house that's built on the sand, when the wind blows, it's going to fall down. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't have that found foundational base uh, and and I think there's a sense of guilt and shame there mm-hmm. because there's a feeling and I don't want to say there's a feeling because I don't want to generalize but in some instances there may be this feeling that by setting my own boundaries and paving my new way as you already stated that though I respect the way you did it I'm going to do it differently that I may ruin the relationships that I've already established, you know, because I don't do it the way mother did it or father or grandmother that they may not approve. Mm. You, you know, you took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> I was just getting ready to, you know, once when we start setting boundaries, it isn't easy, right? Don't, don't get it twisted, right? It's not going to be easy to start saying no to doing things differently, to saying, 
you know what, I really wish I could help you with this, but I just don't have the bandwidth, right? These things right, aren't going right. to come easy. Um, there is going to be a great sense of guilt on your end. Um, and then the having to deal with the other person's, the other person's resistance, right? But your, our responsibility in setting our boundary is to do it in a tactful and respectful way. It is not our responsibility to carry someone else's emotional response, right? Mm -hmm. If I deliver it tactfully, if I deliver it respectfully, how you feel about it isn't my that isn't my weight to that that's not my burden to bear. But you do have to when it is a close relationship, right? If it's mom, dad, sister, close family member, sometimes the relationship does go through this turmoil. I'll just say, for lack of better words because the relationship starts to change. If you've always told them yes, every time they ask for money, you say yes. Every time they call, you jump up and go. Now, all of a sudden, I'm setting a boundary. So the relationship is going to start to go through some change. And you're going to have to start building up some tolerance. When I say tolerance, I mean like when you're lifting weights, right? First it's two pounds, then it's five, right? Your muscle is building tolerance. You're building up tolerance to be able to handle what this relationship is going to go through because the relationship is changing they're like oh she acting funny now he acting mm-hmm. funny now the relationship is changing so you're gonna have to learn how to get through that and they can either learn to respect the boundary or learn how to say you know what how do i interact with the with this new relationship right because it has changed how are we going to interact with each other now that it's different because i'm, I'm having to put me first right to protect my finances to protect my time my mental health how do I interact with this person now that things have shifted? Right, right. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going to give this scenario and see what you think about it. I'm working on this sermon. I, I guess I add the relation, the relationship component to it mm-hmm. because, because it just came to me as I was sitting listening. And so the latter part of that quote that you that you gave uh, talks about, and you just spoke to it a little bit, the impoverished connections. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you when you set that boundary, because then you'll be able to withstand uh, through those impoverished moments and you can tolerate, you right. know, the things because you'll be more confident in what you stand on, mm-hmm. that you won't get discouraged about the relationships, you know, that may go sour because, you know, the part that stood out to me, their feelings and or feelings mm-hmm. is not my responsibility. Right. So Noah... Uh, had established himself as a, as a man that had a good reputation. And one would think that he, he probably knew some folk, probably had some relationships that he had established already. And so he was given this task uh, to be firm uh, in what his purpose was. He was given this task that was going to force him to have to set some boundaries. And because of so, he was going to have to go against the norm of what the what what uh normally took place and he had to present something that had never taken place before which was rain uh similar to what we were talking about a, a scenario that hadn't been before mm-hmm. not not the norm if you will and because of so it cost him some relationships uh and as he was building this boat for 120 years uh he tried to bridge the gap uh he tried to build relationships yet uh, they went sour, and, and one could only imagine how this weighed on him. However, what stood out to me is 
he did not get discouraged by the people turning him away. I see mm -hmm. often sometimes when things don't go in our favor, we look so much for the validation and approval of our family members, friends, uh, relatives, spouses, whatever the case may be. But Noah uh, stood firm with those boundaries. And in the end, uh, because he was willing to put that work in towards that skill set of relationship building, uh, the relationships that were needed to sustain him survive, which was that of his children and daughter-in-laws and the animals. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was enough to even rebuild and re recreate and uh, restart, if you will, the human population. And mm -hmm. those things that proved or thought to be vital at once were washed away. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we miss out on what God can potentially have for us to be better because we think where we are is our best. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, and I, and I liken it to, you know, moving uh, or navigating between relationships or from the shadow of another person's uh, relationship, be it my parent, and, and to making my own way. And it's easier said than done. Oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, how does one navigate branching out on their own with the risk of of losing vital relationships hanging in the wing. Yeah, so there is a there is a relational risk, right? There is a risk of when I start to stand in when I start to stand in who I am, when I start to show up as my full self, as I'm going to therapy, as I'm reading self-help, like as I'm doing all of these things, as I'm evolving, changing, growing. And I start to speak up, right? I start to find my voice. I start to do all of these things. Some relationships are going to change, right? Some people are going to get it and say, you know what? I respect this change in you. And hey, I may even want to jump on board and do it with you, right? right? And then others, others are not. And others may fall apart. And so there is a relational risk. Um, and it's very difficult, because having to lose some friendships that, hey, you may have had friendships for 10 years, but the friendship wasn't, the friendship wasn't predicated on you being you. It wasn't you being your healthiest. It wasn't you showing up as your authentic self. The relationship was based on you being compliant and silent. Hmm. So you were my friend as long as I was silent. You were my friend while I was broken. You were my friend while I was unhealthy. You were my friend while I was giving when I didn't have it to give. Now that I'm healthy, now that I'm changing, now it's, oh, I'm acting funny. Now it's, you don't want, right? And so you have to be willing, okay, with this relationship may end. And that's when it goes back to the quote that says, I need a village. I need people around me that can help me get through the tough times, right? That if I lose this person, this relationship, whether it's an intimate relationship, that's not so good for me, this friendship? Do I have family? Do I have other friends that can help me to navigate and power through this? Do I have a therapist? Do I have good mentors? We talked about that before, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Good mentors, good accountability partners, right? Not just anybody, but good people who are going to help me maneuver through the possibility of me losing a couple of people that really weren't the best for me anyway. You know, the way you described that, and I don't know if this is one of our topics or not coming up, but it almost sounds like 
manipulation. Is that right? You know, it can be. And sometimes people do it intentionally. And sometimes it's unintentional, right? Based right. on being in relationships with people um, that are only in relationships with you in your weakest moments, when you're silent, when you don't have a voice, right? So that can be, it can be unconscious, but some people know exactly what they're doing, right? That can be, um, it can be a narcissist. It can be someone with narcissistic features, um, or it can just be a complete, a nice person. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, it can be done intentionally or unintentionally. And that can be a form of manipulation, gaslighting, emotional abuse. And so, how how then would you uh, well? Before I get there, what what what's your belief on relationship building internally? So the with the relationship of say, of self, mm -hmm. not spe not specifically self care, but you mm -hmm. know honing that self relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, first you have to get really clear on, I'm very psychodynamic, I, I, I like to, I go back to childhood, I like to connect patterns, um, everything that we're dealing with is not based on childhood, let me make sure that's clear, um, but we all have a childhood, even the people who've had the best of childhoods, things have happened, some of our traumas happen later in life, but there's always patterns. I like to connect things. Um, and so I think we, I, I like to try to help people get clear on why you're doing what you're doing. What is driving this behavior? Um, why is it that you are suspicious um, about everything? Why is it that you're people pleasing? Why do you have such an anxious attachment style? Um, what's driving whatever behavior that's causing an issue um, that you perceive to be causing an issue that's causing a breakdown in your relationship, that's causing a breakdown at work, whatever the presenting problem is when they get to therapy, I'm trying to figure out why and where did this start? When did you lose your voice? Who silenced you? Like what happened? Um, mm -hmm. So we're doing some digging. And so I think you start there to figure out what's going on. Um, and then once you start to figure out what's going on, you can start to really heal that place. Really finding out the relationship with yourself. A lot of people come to therapy um, and they're like, you know, I'm asking, like, what do you like? And they're like, I don't know. I don't know my favorite food. I don't know my favorite color um, because they've been so invested in unhealthy relationships, mm. trying to please mom, you know they have a bad relationship with mom and they've always been trying to make mom love them. And so they've been so focused on mom, they don't even know their favorite food, right? right. So right. My, my challenge for them is to figure out what your favorite food is, right? I want you to go out this Saturday and I want you to literally be into mindfulness. I want you to literally walk in the park and pay attention to, to the grass, right? Pay attention to the flowers. Find out what your favorite flower is, right? Focusing on you, turning all of this passion and drive and energy that you have on other people. I want you to take all of that and turn it inwards and figure out what it is. you. That's how you start to build, like you said, not just self-care, going to get your nails done and 
all of this kind of stuff, which that's just not what self-care is. It's more than that. But really building a relationship with yourself. You have to know what you like if you want to be in a relationship with other people so that they can too attune with you and know what you like. Um, and so it goes to, like I said, healing trauma, finding out why you do what you do, learning about yourself. You have to know yourself. You have to know what you like, what you don't like. You have to know what your triggers are. You have to know what your boundaries are. There's a lot that we have to learn about ourselves that so many of us don't know because what, like I said earlier, we self-abandon and it's automatically always about other people. Mm-hmm. But there is, there has to be a, a little bit of selfishness where it says, you know what? I need to learn about me. What's my hobby, right? Right. What, right. What's, my, what's my personality style? How do I learn best? So when someone asks, how do I learn? Do you learn best auditory? Is it, is it visual? You know, do you have hands? So many people can't ask, can't answer these questions. And so I would say that's how you start to build relationship with self. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I, I definitely uh, appreciate that answer. Uh, and I, I ask that because I believe in the, the whole schism of things that there's a lot of struggle in building relationship with others mm-hmm. just for those reasons mm-hmm. that you that you identified. Right. Because people don't really know who they are. Mm-hmm. And and that is that's so disheartening. So how then, or could you even suggest uh, to others how to build relationships with others if they're struggling to identify who they really are? Ooh, um, you know. I think I kind of struggle with this question myself. Part of me wants to say, focus on you. But then there's an other, there's another part of me that says, I can learn who I am while interacting with others, right? As I am being in friendships, relationships, as I'm going out with people, going to different events, right? I get to learn while interacting with people I get to learn things about myself because I, I don't want I don't want people to be isolated to say disengage and kind of focus on you, right? I do think there needs to be time where we, you know, kind of take time to ourselves, or that could be the introvert in me. <laughs> um, I think I think people can learn, build relationship with themselves while interacting with others, as long as they are taking that time to themselves, to learn, to reflect, to journal, like to do all of those things that I would recommend. Um, I think you can still build relationship while engaging with others um, because there is a part of us, right? As I'm communicating with us, as we're having conversation, like I said, as we're going out, it's like, you know, I really like that. I really enjoyed that. Um, and so you can definitely learn while engaging with others. Okay. Yeah, you know, on the job planning, right? Right, absolutely. Yeah, 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 and and there's there's nothing wrong with that. I I, I think that uh, we're all lifelong learners. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least at least we should be trying to be. You know, if you're not learning, you're not living. That, that's my that's that's my belief. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think that relationships are so critical, and it, this could just be my biased opinion because I am a people watcher by trade, mm-hmm. and so, so I love to watch the interactions of others. And even when you don't understand their culture, their language, 
uh, their vernacular lingo, you can learn a lot just by watching people. And one thing I've discovered, you can learn how people are in relationship with one another mm-hmm. just by observing them. I, I've uh, taught my, my children uh, the way it was taught to me because we travel often. Uh, places such as the gas station and airports <laughs> uh, where people uh, travel often. Uh, mm-hmm. You can just pay attention to how uh, people dress according to their travel, uh, where they come from or where they're going. Uh, it says a lot about the individual culture or ethnicity, uh, how they travel, uh, what they wear when they travel, things like that. And mm-hmm. such, can, such can be said uh, about any type of relationship. And that goes back to what you before mentioned about that it's a skill. And with any skill set, you know, you have to be committed to putting in the work, uh, mm-hmm. what we call practice. And, you know, practice makes perfect. But if you're not willing to put that practice in, you can't expect to get any better. And so I, I appreciate that, uh, that insight that you've given. And more, more so than anything, I appreciate the reminder that you've given to us that it is a work and a work in pro- progress. So uh, it is one that requires mercy and grace. Is that not right? Absolutely. <laughs> and I would just say, you know, I know, you know, in closing, again, relationships are skills, as you've already, um, as you've already stated, but we know holidays are coming up. Everyone, unfortunately, doesn't come from the healthiest of relationships, uh, the healthiest of families. And so as we're gathering and, you know, mingling with one another, boundaries are important. Those communication skills are important. If there's something that is brought up that you don't want to talk about, right, it's okay to set a boundary for yourself and say, you know, I respect that you're concerned about me. I appreciate it even, you know, but that's not something that I'm willing to discuss. When I'm ready, I'll come to you, right? It's okay to set these boundaries during that time. You know, a lot of people come to therapy in crisis during this time of the year because there's a lot of family friction and conflict. Um, And so it is okay to set boundaries during these times. You don't have to discuss things you don't want to talk about. Um, And so I would just leave leave individuals with that as well. I'm so glad you did. In my various industries of work, I have learned that people don't enjoy the holidays. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Some people hate the holidays. Yep. <laughs> they dread returning home. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep. And I'll be honest with you, I'm I'm one of pe- one of those people. Mm-hmm. I'm learning I'm learning to appreciate it now. But growing up, either I was traveling or working, and so you know, being home for the holidays was really never a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I can totally understand how people can interpret them in different ways. And then right. when you when you add death around the holidays to mm-hmm. that, uh, loss throughout the year to that, that just adds uh, more to the equation. So, I, yeah, I'm mindful of all of that. And I am in prayer for everyone who may be going through. And I am in prayer for everyone that you can be accepting uh, of the boundaries of others, as uh, Ms. Cam had just so eloquently informed us. Uh, any other closing words you got for us? Um, I think that's it. Everyone just be mindful. Like he said, this is going to be a hard season, you know, coming out of 2020, this 2021. For a lot of people, this will be the first holiday without many loved ones. Um, so we are definitely praying for everyone. Take care of yourself. If you need to get into therapy, if you need to you know, do whatever you have to do. If you need to be around family, if you don't need to be around family, 
um, do what you need to do for you because this will be a very tough holiday season for many people. So just take care of yourself, whatever that looks like for you. All right, all right, people. You guys be blessed. Uh, Check us on the next time. Uh, You guys stay up. All right.